Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. I almost hate to use the word educational. Charles Staley. Phil Stevens. I guess I'm kind of the, uh, the dark force here. And Rob Fortress Fortney. But there really is no secret. Thanks for listening. Iron Radio is brought to you in part by www.bingcolorprint.com. Business cards, flyers, banners, postcards, DVD packages, and more can be found there. Occasionally you'll see Phil make a comment on our Iron Radio listeners page. That's not spam. That might be something that you can save at bingcolorprint.com. Thanks. All right, great. Well, welcome, listeners, to ironradio.org. This is Lonnie Lowry, a special weekend edition of Iron Radio where we've got Phil Stevens and uh, David Barr uh, out at the Mr. Olympia. So, Phil, you still there? Yeah, we're here. Cool. So tell us about what's going on. Man, right now I'm smelling some cheeseburgers that smell really good. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm a little bit of everything going on. I mean, of course we got the big expo, and we're kind of hanging out at it mainly. Um, they got a ton of stuff going on from the, the America's Strongest Man's here this year. Um, powerlifting going on, America's Strongest Bodybuilder, grappling, um, and then, of course, you know, the expo, all the different boots and this and that. And it's, I went and stole Dave Barr away from one. He's down there working away. Say hello, Dave. Hey, everybody. How are you all doing? Hey, Dave. So, you know, it's the usual, man. It's, it's a big, big show. But Yeah, I haven't been to the Olympia in a couple of years, so the, the expo's pretty big. How does it compare in size to the Arnold Classic Expo now? From what I hear, it's not near as big, but, I mean, it's still big. I was talking to some people that, that were running booths yesterday, and they said, you know, the Arnold's about five times this size. Mm-hmm. But but it's still big. I don't know how many vendors are down there, a couple hundred at least. Um, wow, yeah. So, um, Sweet. And a little bit of everything going on there, kind of bringing it up more like the Arnold now. So more yeah. stuff going on aside from just the bodybuilding. But, yeah, I was going to ask you what you meant by that, bringing it up, making it more like the Arnold. Oh, well, yeah, just because, yeah, there, there's such a variety, and, and it became so huge. I mean, the first year I went to the Arnold Classic, this will uh, date me quite a bit, but, I mean, it was held in a different place there in Columbus, Ohio, and, I mean, literally, the expo was like, I don't know, maybe a dozen booths, you know, in the basement of this building. It was just insane, you know, to watch the the growth of all that. And, like I said, I know the Olympia has, you know, sort of followed a similar trend where the the expo part almost eclipses some of the rest of it in a way, you know? No, what I meant though, is just by the adding in the, I think it was last year was the first year they added in the, the lifting components of it. Power, right, yeah. strong man, grappling, um, stuff like that. So have you seen anything amazing in those competitions? I mean, who's kicking butt or, I mean, anything stand out or have you seen it? One of the most amazing things I saw was Derek Poundstone step off his flight from South Africa competing at the World's Strongest Man 30 mm-hmm. minutes before they started the competition here, and he went ahead and stepped in, and he's competing in America's Strongest Man 30 minutes after a 30-hour flight. Oh, my God. So, and he's currently in, in the lead by one point. <clears throat> oh, yeah? So, yeah. That's robust. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's, so, so that was pretty neat, and he's working on a quad tear, too. So. Oh, God. Wait, you mean he's working on achieving one? No, he he had one before going into World's Strongest Man and went ahead and competed in that. And uh, one is, from what I know, he won his qualifier there, but then lost. 
and then decided to go ahead and come here. And he he won it last year. He won America's Strongest Man, so he's kind of trying to hold up his title, but only you know days after World Strongest Man and 20 minutes after getting off a 30-hour flight. So that's nice. that's insane. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I just could not do, man. Just no. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I didn't see it, but I hear tell that uh, Stan Efferding kind of uh, killed Ben White so far in the uh, married, or World's Strongest Bodybuilder. Um, oh, okay, yep. So that's going on. And um, Johnny Jackson bowed out this year. He won it last year. I think it's cool that they do that, right? That's sort of old school, isn't it? The, the World's Strongest Bodybuilder. Not the most puffed-up pretty boy, but the strongest bodybuilder, you know. And um, what else is going on? There was uh, some big weights put up by the you know Mark Bell and the Super Training guys. He had one girl up there go up there, and I think she won her her group in the powerlifting. And all uh, saw a seven hundred pound single ply bench, um, stuff like that. Dave, did you hear anything about how the Olympia is going? Who's in the the forerunning in that? No, but I'm actually curious as to uh, why you're not competing. If you're uh, kind of a local boy here, then. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, you know, I didn't get my pro tan in time. And oh, see. I peaked I peaked like three days early. Dialed in. Uh, yeah, and I had too much sushi, and I bloated up. And uh, so I just Holding just ready. a little water, are you? Yeah, just a little bit. Well, there's some pros breathing a sigh of relief then. Oh, I know. They were all scared. They still look at me, and I think I could have went up there and put on a good show, but I'm not, I'm not in it for a second. You guys know that. Um, <laughs> I'm not... And, and... <laughs> Lonnie, what what you're hearing is not a uh, enhanced sigh of relief. That's just how they breathe normally. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, um, what else is going on? You know, saw some of the old guys down here. Um, Sergio's here. Um, cool. Who else is looking good? Uh, oh, I saw Frank uh, Dane. I couldn't believe the shape he's in. He's yeah. What do you mean, good or bad? Oh, great. Great. Oh, okay. And looks Fringo. like he I mean, Fringo can do good. backflips down the aisle, and, yeah. and I guess that's a testament to his physique. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you stay that uh, that level of conditioning, and you know, your joints aren't going to wear out. Yeah, I. I was just going to say, I think, I mean, because Zane was never, you know, he was sort of that old school. You know, he he didn't have to weigh two hundred and seventy pounds. And be gassed out of his head, so I can imagine he'd have good longevity. I'm not. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from from that feat, you know, because we'll see how we all look when we're probably in our 60s. But that's cool. Ferrigno's down there shooting a bunch of pictures with people. He still looks good. Does he? Because he's so hot and cold. I see him at like the Olympia or the Arnold every once in a while. And some years he's just, you know, gigantic. And other years he's half the man. So you never well, know. He's half the man, but he looks good. You know, he's yeah. not near the size he was, but I mean, he looks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and for uh, somebody who's 6'4, even quote unquote half the man, is still a giant. Yeah. Right. Right. That's still more absolute, uh, total manness than I can dish up yeah. right now. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's like one of the guys in the, uh, who the heck was it? I got the list right here. Um, speaking of half the man. They had to carry a 400-pound Hoosfeld stone yesterday, which I don't know if you guys know what that is. It looks kind of like a shield. But, uh, no, I don't know. It's originally a big rock that's kind of shaped like a diamond. How do they carry it? 
they have to get their arms under it and stand up and just carry it in front of them. Oh, with their arms. But uh, one of the guys carried it 218 feet, 11 inches. Wow. God. <laughs> Back-breaking. Yeah, it's been a close contest in that. Somebody, a different person won every event so far. So, I was just cool. down there. They're doing the log press right now, and they're up to 380 pounds and still going up. So, I've only played around with those logs a few times. That That's fun stuff. Yeah. Right, I didn't play around with 380 pounds of well, oh, go ahead. No, uh, Phil, is that something that uh, you use regularly? What, a who's salt stone? No, no, no I don't God, no, the, uh, the log press. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still do log press. And generally, it's, uh, eh, I'd say you're going to be between 30 and 50 pounds under, like your barbell push press. Okay. Using the log. But, so, yeah, they got some massive pressing going on there. But, uh,. <sighs> Well, I was just going to ask Dave about what, like, what's going on with the booth, or what kind of activities are are you there to do, and stuff like that. I am here with the uh, supplement company Cyvation, who okay. uh, uh, I'm now actually working for the company. Very happy uh, to have moved to them, and uh, most people know us for Extend, which, as of last night, won uh, the Bodybuilding.com Recovery Supplement of the Year award. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. I believe this is the third time that Extend has won it, so uh, it's, we're, we're really okay. happy about that. But, uh, yeah, we're handing out samples of our, um, you know, our pre-workout stimulants, which uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, stimulants myself, but uh, before I, I actually tried this product, I had never tried the uh, the 1,3-dimethyl, which is the hot new stim that, that everybody's uh you know, raving about before workouts, and it's uh, it, it's some potent stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's a lot. And of even though Dave doesn't, you know, he doesn't think this is right, and, and wouldn't tell people to do it. I even I was just sucking it down with no water, and uh, no, just dumped the package in my mouth. You know, I think you guys you're supposed to start with like half a dose of some of those stimulants to, see, to test your personal tolerance, <laughs> so your head doesn't like turn into a red police siren and then just blow up or something. I think that sums up Phil's personality right there. Yeah, yeah just ripped open the pack and yeah, exactly. shoot it. I mean, right. I was gonna go internasally with a straw, but I couldn't find a straw. So. Yeah, you're gonna snort it. Great. That's great. <laughs> Do not recommend either of those methods. <laughs> right, as as their science advisor, you know, let's go let's go over to David Bard and <laughs> get the official word on snorting it. <laughs> we'll we'll edit all that out after, no worries. Oh sure. Uh, I I promise, right. <laughs> so I mean how big like, of a thing is this, Dave, for, for your industry then? I mean how big of a I, uh, a promotion, I guess, aspect is, is the Olympia every year for a company like your guys. It's it's uh, for for Cyvation specifically. It's um, you know not huge for us in particular. We we don't spend a lot of money advertising. Uh, we're definitely more word of mouth. And uh, when, once you see our uh, CEO Mark Lobliner, I mean the guy's just got so much energy. It's absolutely palpable. I, I mean. You watch one of this guy's videos and you want to run and lift one of those shield shaped stones that Phil was talking about. I mean, he's just, he's so intense and he, he believes so much, um, 
believes in the product so much that you, you just can't help but get excited about it. So it, it's um, that, that's kind of more the, the marketing that we go on. You know, the the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Um, all the top guys are, are competitive bodybuilders in the natural circuit, and um, it's, I, I'm definitely not part of that crowd. The, these guys are, are impressive. Uh, in fact, the, the guy I'm rooming with is uh, a week and a half out from a competition, and uh, great guy, but man, is he miserable! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's just uh, like eating every couple hours, um, up in the middle of the night every couple hours, going to the bathroom. Like it's, I, I got a feel for the guy, but it, he looks incredible. And uh, this weekend is giving me new respect for for bodybuilding in general, and uh, especially what the natural guys go through. And uh, yeah, it's very very impressive. Just be glad he's a week out and you're not literally having to put up with dioderm all over the sheets and all over the freaking bathroom and everything. <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually glad that they actually have a science guy like you on hand because, I, I mean, just making my rounds every once in a while at the booths, you know, I'm often reminded, well, you know, Lonnie, we don't even need science to sell these products. We just, you know, it's hype and it's ad copy and... You know, and uh, there's booth babes, and make no mistake. I mean, they have, you know, I'm sure they have their pull, but it's it's nice to see that you know someone like Dave there. So if someone asks something metabolically, you know, they don't have to rely on some super tan uh, gym booth bunny to in, in a lab coat, <laughs> no less, to give them their expert advice, right? Yeah. You know, actually, I, I go ahead, Dave. I have, I have to disagree with you there, but why? Um, I'm. Uh-oh terribly disappointed by the fact that we don't have booth babes but, uh, oh yeah see i didn't i wasn't aware if you had them or not but i don't know i like i said i know they they've got their pull well i'd say that <laughs> you guys apart because anybody else has them so <laughs> so wait so so you guys are you guys are limping up you guys are limping along just on you then i mean maybe you should put on a bikini hell yeah I'm like to still too. doing that, actually. You can, that, I'm game, man. Work. I'm game. You guys sponsor me. I'll put your logo right on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> high high principles there. You cannot buy Phil. See? He's not for sale. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, speaking sorry, of science minded. So good. Dave was about to say something there. I don't know. No, I'm not saying nothing. Oh, okay. Dave's being quiet now. <laughs> no, speaking of science-minded, I just saw one I'd love to get a comment from you on, Lonnie. Um, there's a company down there. I won't name any names. They are actually outright, you know, advertising a 100% collagen protein supplement. Collagen? You are kidding me. But it has 50 grams of protein per shot. What if, there's like, but there's like three amino acids in collagen. It's beyond incomplete. It's so incomplete, it's basically useless biologically. I don't understand. That's what I said. And I think they're just, I think they're like, you're saying, you know, they, they definitely don't have a science guy on the team right there with them. But they're pushing, the big thing they're pushing out to everybody is the protein for serving. Well, see, that's, well, and it would be true, but see, that's what irks me about stuff like protein bars and stuff, right? Is so many of them are, of their 20 grams of protein, you know, 12 or 15 are collagen or gelatin or something that's sort of useless. And like I said, I mean, forget, you know, being rich in all the essential amino acids. I mean, that's, that's got nothing going on. And yet it, it, it is in fact a protein. So it's not 
false advertising, but I mean, hell, all you have to do is look at a bag of pork rinds and it says eight grams of protein, but then in parentheses, this is not a significant source. Well, why is that? Because it's collagen. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe they've got some secret going on, but I, I don't know. That almost sounds to me like, um, you can twist, you know, the, the nastiest thing and, and make it look good, I guess. I don't know. You know, lipstick on a pig is still a pig, though. <laughs> Good stuff. But, uh, just had to throw that one out there. No, I mean, other than that, I mean, there's all, it's a great, great place to network and, and, and whatnot. I mean, there's tons of stuff going on. Ran into Chris Bell, who's, uh, I was trying to get him up here, but he, he had to run off. Um, he's here shooting promos for that, that show I was telling you about. Oh, right, right. So he's down there, you know, filming a lot of the amateur strongman guys and this and that. Uh, Are you allowed to talk about that, Phil? I mean, uh, some, because it's out there. But um, okay. I don't know that. That's why I was hoping to get him on to come tell more about it. He was going to do it, but uh, and we just lost lost place around so much. But a uh, powerhouse. Oh, he's got a powerhouse reality show coming out, and it sounds just cool as hell. It's going to be a bunch of uh, strength athletes, this and that. Um, they're going to follow him for six weeks. And so that's kind of neat catching up with him. And uh, I think that's very cool. Resume into the show, so we'll see. But yeah, so I know Iron Radio listeners, you know, pour Google it all over the web and 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 send in reader mail that we want to see. Yeah, see everybody, everybody, find Chris Bell on on Facebook and in the internet and just onslaught him. You're abusing the power of the podcast. Exactly. I'll wear my bunny ears or my orange hat and, and my kilt. I'll do it up, man. I'll be the man. And uh, I'll get my first 800-pound deadlift on air. Seriously, that we'll see. That'd be awesome. Seriously, though, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, this is very timely. Because if you remember when we were talking to Brian Moss and you know, anybody who you know is, isn't old enough to remember, he was a very famous photographer and he still does a lot of the you know, stuff for like animal and stuff like that. But he was actually saying that what a shame it is that people create their own opinions of bodybuilders and, and we don't see the human side of it. So a show like that would be awesome so long as they don't like make a mockery of all of you. You and know, from the sound, from, from the, the gist of it I'm getting, I don't think it's going to be. Um, I think it's just going to be following these guys for six weeks and showing them what it takes to be a, a big, strong athlete. Yeah. So, which would be pretty cool. I think it'd be extremely cool. It'd be good publicity for this for all the strength sports. You know? Yeah. Even with you. <laughs> I know. I even with me, I started. I mean, you know. So. You might not. I, hopefully, you won't. You won't feel compelled to put on your flesh-colored, you know, butt thong singlet or whatever you were talking about a couple of episodes ago, <laughs> just for shock value. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. Nice. But. So now, did you guys? How much? How many actual competing bodybuilders have you seen? Or, well, I mean, you know, any back behind the scenes stuff? Or they do some of the posing and stuff down here, right in the expo now. So a lot of the women's stuff is down here, and then they do some like prejudge posing out here, and then you got to pay to go to the to the stuff at night. But yeah, there's a lot of them walking around here, and like oh, Cutler was just down there doing an appearance, this and that. They bring them, they wheel those guys out on the dollies every once in a while, and. Have them do something, and so you know what's really, really blown up is the uh, uh, men's and ladies model searches. Just oh, the, yeah. the sheer volume of competitors in those types of competitions just exploding. 
there's like bikini and figure, um, and I didn't even realize there was going to be a whole guys category as well. But yeah, um, it's uh, it's great to see a lot of the guys I used to shoot with um, when I was with M and F, and uh, they just in such great shape. And uh, guys you used to shoot with, you, what you mean shoot steroids with? Oh. No. No? <laughs> oh, you mean shoot photographs. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was looking at advisor on uh, photo shoots. So. I apologize. It's all good. It's all good. Got to work with a lot of the guys. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just a great day. scene. I, I mean, it's. Um, I think it's really going to help the industry. And um, if the show goes through, the you know, like you guys were talking about, uh, I mean, we we could have a major turnaround here, and, and I think it would be really positive for everyone. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it's leaning different ways. I mean, you're seeing more, like you said, of the the, the figure and and fitness model thing come around, and more of the strength thing as compared to bodybuilding from ten, fifteen years ago. You know, there's a shift in these things. Of it's either you know, I mean, there's just the bodybuilding. In the form it is now, isn't as big as it used to be for sure. You know, in a way that makes me sad, but in a way it's good that it opens up some things too because bodybuilding has involved a bit of what I would call power creep, you know, like the arms race with the pharmaceuticals and everything to such an extent that it's, you know, we were just talking about Frank Zane, for example. It was easy for me to idolize people like Frank Zane because that that's basically attainable or almost attainable, you know what I mean? And 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 now it's just really not, whereas strength is a little bit different. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that there's not a lot of uh, androgen abuse in strength sports. Of course there is. But but you know what I'm saying is it, it's not that uh, – I don't know. It, it's almost like they have to have gradations of bodybuilding now, and it's very obvious with the women. You know, I mean, you've got like the Miss Olympia, the Miss Fitness Olympia, which is a notch down, which is sort of like what the Miss Olympia used to be in the 80s. And then there's like what, like uh, the model – Olympia or something or bikini or whatever, you know, and there's these there's a figure and then bikini as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely something that could open up to the mainstream. And, um, I see it a lot now. I, I, I was watching entourage the other day and, uh, one of the guys, one of the models I worked with was on it. Um, you see it all the time on TV. It's it, the, the guys and the, and the girls are just uh, definitely going mainstream, even though they they still have a great conditioned look. So I think it's uh, all going to be very positive. Yeah. Right. Well, I was walking around with a sports and uh, an acting agent. I know yesterday, this is his first time here, and he's like, oh, my God. You know, he said, what are these women doing here? You know, he said, I need to be contacting them and putting them on TV shows. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's there's a lot of... Very attractive people walking around. But, uh. Thank you. No, no problem. <laughs> I'm always the first to tell you how damn sexy you are. That's right. And you know that. <sighs> but. Yeah, overall, I, I think it's a great show. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It's lost some of the, uh, what I affectionately refer to as a freak show quality. Um, I, I don't know if that's because of the, the figure stuff and the, um, the, the growth of the fitness industry, but um, it, it's definitely far more mainstream. You still have your, your extremes, of course, but uh, I think it's something that, that more and more people can, you know, get a handle on and 
get in line with. Yeah. Yeah. It, for for me, it almost seems like it's like a trade off because on one side, a little bit of freakiness and, and superheroism, if you will, is you know was sort of the attraction and the magic to it, but. I don't know. Like I said, the arms race has made it, you know, so extreme that, you know, you don't really, I, I don't know how it can necessarily motivate everybody as much as, as bodybuilding used to. Because, you know, like if you're an amateur bodybuilder, you, you, you can't even approximate that. You know, I mean, I mean, there's a handful of guys do depending on what they're willing to, to use and do, but, but you know what I mean. And it, I don't know. To me, it's, it's sort of a, a trade off. But, but have you guys actually, I mean, are you privy to any of the the contest results or anything, or have you just been focused on other stuff? There's no really results till tonight, late tonight. So um, they've had some. I mean, you know, who's looking good? Stuff like that. I'm not sure. I tried looking around. Um, somebody was saying that you know Cutler's looking as big as ever. This and that, and I don't know. The resounding theme, the only <clears throat> resounding theme I've gotten is that. They, they had people saying that nowadays, no matter what, the biggest guy should win the Olympia. So, you know, that's what they're saying. But uh, that's weird. I thought I was moving away from that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't the, know. The days of Big Ronnie are gone, and you know, fondly remembered, yeah. but certainly gone. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, they were saying what Dexter won it last year, or whatnot, and that was a couple years ago. Or a couple of years ago, they're saying that was a fluke, and uh, they're going to go back to the big monsters and this and that. I don't know. Well, I'm so far out of that that uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to stay in touch with it, you know. So, I mean, I tried asking around and this and that, and, I mean, all the people I've talked to are paying attention to other things. So, Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting you mention that because uh, even from my perspective, that's um, I haven't been following as much as I, I used to, and, and it's it's been more... Uh, about the industry and you know supplements where where things are going uh, as opposed to the actual competition the actual show and uh, you know I, I don't want to sound like a broken record here but, but again I think it speaks to the the evolution of um, the the physique and, and what's yeah. in vogue yeah well and I think also I mean people are realizing that you know Ronnie Coleman isn't taking muscle tech. Right, right. You know, they're looking for the actual people that are using these supplements, and it's the people like your boss who's at the booth and and his coworkers that are natural and doing that. They're looking for that 1% edge, you know, whereas, you know, know, all the guys on the stage of Olympia have, you know, a bigger edge than anybody's ever going to have unless they take those steps. So, but. Yeah, for me, I think part of the things, one of the sort of disappointments in a way is, is the, the similarity in the physiques. You know what I mean? You take enough stuff and everybody, I mean, starts to look similar, I think. You know, they're, all the bellies are just a little bit more rounded from the GH, you know, and everybody, there's almost no weaknesses anymore. You know what I mean? Because, you know, enough mass cures a lot of that stuff and, I'm not taking anything away from the guys. I mean, their, their, you know, genetic shape is still incredible, but I don't know. Maybe a little less variety. And, and like we were saying, you don't see the, um, the personalities and some of the humanity behind it all. So I don't know. Hopefully some of that will change a bit. But so what percent do you guys think bodybuilding is of, of the total experience you're at now? I mean, if the, if the Mr. Olympia used to be a hundred percent bodybuilding, what percent do you think it is now? Wow, that's a great question. Yeah, it is. Uh, 
I mean, I, you know, I'd probably knock it down to the five, ten percent. Yeah, that's where I'd go to. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 again, again that's uh, strict, strictly subjective. I, I'm I'm sure there there are fans for whom it's a hundred percent, and that's great. Um, but you know, the, the variety is uh, is also helpful. It's uh, again going back to the e word. It, it's all evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with him. It's five or ten percent. I mean, I think there's more people here looking at the other stuff, the 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 figure, the the models, the um, the grappling, the strongman, the powerlifting. I mean, I think by far there's a lot more people here for all that other stuff and all the other different classes than there is for the actual Mr. Olympia. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because it, to me, the reason for the weekend is the men's bodybuilding competition in a way. I mean, you know, it's like the Mr. Olympia weekend. And here it is, you know, we're hearing that it's 5 or 10% of the total package. And it's almost like an excuse then to, you know, to have this sort of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, um, celebration, you know, of other stuff, including consumerism, you know, but I don't know, not just, you know, sort of the excuse for why the weekend is held anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Well, here's here's uh, uh, another take on it. You look at the early competitions, you look at the uh, early Mr. Olympias and whatnot, and with the novelty of the, the men's fitness categories, it's almost like it's come full circle. And bodybuilding has become a completely separate entity. And the the men's fitness and, and the figure and whatnot, that's what bodybuilding used to be. Yeah. I, I definitely see that in the women's events. I mean, you know, the, the the women's fitness Olympia, those women are are harder and more buff probably than like the Rachel McLish and the, you know, and, and the, the different people from the 80s at least, you know, before they became really huge. I mean, Bev Francis, I remember, was one of the first truly huge women, you know, and I mean, maybe didn't have as much facial beauty as some of the other women, but just incredible mass and that kind of stuff. And I, I was looking at the, the Olympia website just a couple of days ago. And I mean, there was just a couple of shots of like the women competitors and I'm just like, you know, damn, because here I am as a male, uh, you know, sort of mid level competitor. And I can't touch some of that. You know what I mean? And it's just, that's what we're talking about. Just, you know, it, it leaving people in the dust because not only is it not attainable, but I, I, I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily want to attain it, you know? Uh, and if you were to attain at least the male status, you sure wouldn't be doing backflips when you're in your 60s. You know what I mean? Because you see some of the guys, some of the modern guys, you know, their their career lifespan's like five years or something if they're lucky. And then you, know, you hear all this. I mean, look at like Flex Wheeler, and I don't know all the things that happen to all these dudes, right? But it just seems like you know pushed so hard that they're almost like a racehorse or something put on display, and nobody cares about their you know, uh, later years in some way. So I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I, I bet a lot of that same stuff could be said for some of the strength guys too. It's not like they're not punishing the hell out of themselves as well, you know, and I don't just mean with pharmaceuticals, but with their training and everything. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, but that goes back to, uh, the whole Frank Zane thing. It's like, it's really cool to see everybody walking around, but, what really gets me excited is seeing, you know, Frank Zane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, different, uh, different people like different physiques, and and there's uh, certainly that move away from um, women's bodybuilding into more of a, a 
you know, isolated niche and then the, the explosion of the, the fitness figure. And, uh, I, th- I think we're, we're uh, definitely on the same page with that line. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if it's what the Miss Olympia used to be, then I'm not surprised that it's popular, you know, because the, the Miss Olympia, it, there was a time when it was gaining popularity before it felt like it really dried up, at least to me. You know, and I mean, it sounds like the fitness Olympia is just filling that niche, like you said. And then there you go. You know what I mean? It's still they're still super impressive. I mean, th- those chicks look awesome. You know? well, it's like I mean, Brian Moss was making that argument. You know, he's like the the, the women's bodybuilding is done. You know, it's not what it used to be, and the women don't want to be that. You know, they they want to be what it was when he was you know pushing it along and, and yeah. shooting it and this and that. Yeah, it's, no, and and again, I think if we look at numbers like body size and stuff like that, the guys doing strongman and stuff are probably just outrageously huge compared to the average dude too. But I mean, there's an obvious genetic component there where these guys are also like six five, some of them. You know what I mean? I mean, you stand next to Bill Kazmaier, and the guy's a freaking mountain, you know, and and stuff like that. And when he bends stuff in front of you, like steel bars and stuff. You, you 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 totally buy it, and I'm not saying you know that he's natural or not or whatever. You know, well, let's face it, he's probably not. But 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 the point is, yeah, these guys are probably also bigger than strong men used to be. You know, although strong men have long been big. My good buddy, Big John Connor, who just he's only this is his, he's been in it like a year and a half. We got his pro status. He's just a big farm boy that he's going to school to be a art teacher, but he's six seven. Walking around 390, 390 to four twenty, yeah. yeah, <laughs> he's oh just God. huge. And wow. uh, you know, every wow. every everything I know about him, he's one hundred percent natural. I mean, he's been tested numerous times. He's just big. You know, his wrists are like ten inch wrists, and, and he's just giant. <laughs> well, now there's not there's not a lot of relative comparison in those sports. You know what I mean? I mean, you you lift the stone, or you flip the tire. Or you don't, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, you know, the the smaller guys we're going to divide through by kilograms of body weight, you know, or no, yeah, there's some guys down there that I mean, one of the lighter guys is, you know, he's competing against guys that are 400, and I think he's like, you know, still big, but he's like 270, and yeah. uh, you know, he's winning some of the events because we're coming in second because he's fast. Um, so some of the lighter things he's able to stick in there with, with uh. In general, they're all huge. I mean, you look at Poundstone, we had him on the show. He said, you know, he's got nine inch weight, or nine inch wrist and a 46 inch waist or whatever it is, and he's freaking jacked. So. Yeah, but it's, you know, you, you get to a place like this and, and competitions aside, the idea of size just gets completely skewed. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. you think you're big, it, it, forget it. That goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, Cause, you know, I'm, I'm pretty big guy in my gym. But you come here and it's, it's pathetic. I, I feel like I oh, yeah. just started working out, and uh, you know, I guess it's the uh, little fish in a big pond syndrome because you exactly. can't help but have the uh, body dysmorphia walking around with these guys. Well, at least you're mature enough to recognize, you know, that I mean, that because I'm like you, Dave. You know, I mean, you know, I'm maybe well right now I'm about two fifteen, but I'm not usually this heavy. But the point being is, you know, you walk around next to those dudes and you have enough sense to at least think rationally and go, wow, you know, yeah, I'm big fish in a small pond. And yet you look around and it, oftentimes at events like that, and I don't know how much, how it's at the Olympia this year, but, 
you know, you see these little dudes, they're like 170 pounds or something, and they're walking around with gallons of distilled water, and I swear to God, some of them are diodermed, and I'm like, do you just want to feel like you're among the gods, like, you know, you know, like you're one of them or something, because what are you doing, brother? What are you doing? I don't know. It's funny. No, that's what, I'm by no means a small guy, and I'm, I'm average here. You know, it just yeah. reinforces that I need to put more weight back on. <laughs> oh, my God. What do you come on, Phil? What are you weighing right now? Two fifty-five. It's that's absurd. Well, that's yeah. You know what? I, I think it's accurate. I mean, you're, you're probably average. You're, you're yeah, definitely I taller am. than than most people. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah. that helps you stand out a little. But yeah, otherwise it's just the monsters everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's the huge difference. Bodybuilders are, it actually behooves them to probably be more like 5'10 or something, you know. I mean, I know there's guys that are a little taller, but, you know, if, if you, if you're obviously, if you think of like lean mass index, you know, if you're carrying 230 pounds at 5'9, you're a freaking monster. And if you're carrying 230 pounds at 6'3, you're a joke. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. So. Exactly. So. Anyway. So. So how many people are usually there? Do you guys know? I mean, thousands, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you pull up here at 10 o'clock in the morning, and there's a 200-yard line out the front door getting in. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just people everywhere. So you guys don't get the... I mean, for the most part, you're you're not elbow-to-elbow elbow with people, which is especially good, because yeah. like we just talked about, it's a bunch of big, hot, sweaty guys, you know, so... You get that much muscle mass in, in one room, that's a lot of heat given off and um, that many sugar alcohols going into those bodies, that's a lot of gas given <laughs> off. So That's right. Um, and all the, thi- all the thyroid and clenbuterol kicking the heat up even more. Right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and other, other stimulants. I so you guys exploded d- last night. Exploded? From all the sugar alcohols they shoved down your face. Oh. oh I had to run yeah. back to the room. All right, let's not let's not go there. <laughs> hey, yeah, let's podcast Phil's gastrointestinal disaster. <laughs> but you guys, you guys don't get the impression then that that the sport is on a downswing. I mean, either because of the economy or the evolution of bodybuilding and all that, you think it's it's just it's evolved enough that it's not really less popular. It still feels like there's a lot of momentum, or not. I yeah, think that's, that's sport intriguing. in its various incarnations is still strong, like okay. Dave was talking about in the in the various other, you know, the men's fitness, the men's you know, women's fitness, the you know, all those. I think the sport isn't going anywhere. It's just it's just changing to fit the popularity. That's very well said. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah, well, I I guess in a sense it, it's encouraging that there's still a bit of momentum and energy, you know, to be had. And maybe, you know, guys like, you know, Dave, like you're talking about the CEO of your company or whatever. I mean, people like that with personality and energy. I mean, people drive a culture sometimes, you know what I mean? And you need energy and you need stuff going on like that. So I'm glad to hear it. There's at least there's some energy going on uh, because sometimes I'm almost concerned. Bodybuilding is like some of the other sort of little niche conventions and stuff where, you know, you're drawing a fairly rare type of person. What, you know, whether, regardless of what type of brother you are in the strength game, you know, a, a strong man, power lifter, bodybuilder, whatever, 
you're a rarity in your hometown for the most part. And a show like that is cool because it draws everybody together under one roof. You know what I mean? And they're a nice gauge of how much popularity and how much is going on just because you get kind of a nice cross section of, you know, who's big and who's not. You know, you can kind of get a feel for, you know, how much, how much, uh, I don't know competitive people or people who are using anabolics or whatever because either everybody's big or everybody's not you can like look at trends from year to year you know what i mean and even with the economy the money's so low uh you know in people's pockets that i was wondering if people were just like listen dude i just can't afford the olympia but but you can't underestimate people getting totally pumped up about that stuff too i mean some people they first discover it they're they're almost manic you know i mean they're posing in bathrooms and and stuff (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we actually uh, met up with a couple guys last night who this was their first Olympia, and you could definitely tell it was their first Olympia because they were so excited. And it was <laughs> yeah, right. it was actually just a lot of fun. I mean, it, it kind of made it exciting for me as well. Like, well, yeah, really feed off that. And I think that that speaks to the whole uh, you know camaraderie aspect. And you know, we may be isolated in our uh, individual towns or in our individual gyms, but you come to a place like this and everybody's here, you know, generally for the same thing. So there, there's that that sense, and uh, it's kind of fun. It, it's not all comparisons like, oh, man, look how big that guy is. Look how small I am. It's, it, it, that, that's an exaggeration. It's just kind of uh, uh, an exaggeration. But, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a great atmosphere. Yeah, it is. I mean, hell, it brings back memories. I mean, me and you met for the first time in person at Olympia. We sure did. At our yeah. first Olympia. So, I mean, yeah, it is. It's great camaraderie. It's a great place to network with people that are into what you're into. You know, because in the, in the end, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a strength athlete, not a, not a bodybuilder, but, you know, I got a lot more in common with bodybuilders than I do the average person. You know, we're both in the gym kicking butt doing the same thing. So. That's right. Yep. Hey, hey guys, I gotta jump in. Didn't we all meet at the, the first Olympia? I think Lonnie was here too. Yeah, he was talking. Yeah. Yeah. What I was I was giving a lecture or something or what? Yeah, at, at Charles's uh, um, last training summit thing here in Vegas. In Vegas, you flew in in the morning, gave your talk, yep. and then flew out that night. Oh yeah, God, that was insane. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was insane. Yeah, I went to bed in my in the bed that I woke up in that night. You know, absolutely bizarre living that far away and doing that. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Well, listen, you guys talked about atmosphere a little bit. I mean, what kinds of things are going on there um, on the expo floor or anything like that? I mean, is there any kind of like entertainment going on? Is it just people, you know, trying to sell dietary supplements or are there equipment vendors? Or I mean, what kind of stuff? Can you describe the expo a little? Well, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. They got the expo and you got all your booths in the middle. And then, of course, there's various stuff going on at all the booths. Some of them have competitions going on inside their booths. Um, and then all the way around the, ex- the expo, there's the, the strongman's going on. The grappling's going on. The powerlifting's going on. They got, the, you know, mainly the women and competitors coming out and doing their posing in the back. Uh, that, that wraps all the way around the expo. I see. So, mm-hmm. And then there's the vendors in the middle. Um, and they all got various stuff going on. From booth babes to, you know, people going in and seeing how many bench presses they can do with their body weight and how many chins they can do with 50 pounds strapped to them and stuff like that. 
Oh, that's good that they're engaging the crowd, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, Dave, what kind of um, what kind of supplements are on the horizon or anything there? I mean, are you seeing anything like you're talking about the new some of the new sort of pre workout stimulant types of things? Is there anything else um, exciting that listeners might want to know about? Or I mean, is it just mainstays like um, people selling different types of creatine? Or uh, I mean, what's what's that whole? Deaspartic acid is uh, pretty hot. People like the uh, anything with some actual scientific evidence behind it. So that's that seems to be quite popular this year. But uh, as far as salivation goes, and we we do have our deaspartic acid through Prima Force, um, so be sure to check that out. But um, yeah, we, we have quite a bit on the horizon. So I'm glad you brought that up because it gives me a chance to um, you know basically recommend that people uh, keep keep your eye out and uh, keep your ear to, to Iron Radio because we have a lot going on. We have uh, seven, eight different formulations, new products coming out. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's going to be big. So um, next year, early next year, you're, you're going to see an explosion. You're going to see a big, big change. Well, if I can pry a little, is this something that you think Salvation's going to be on the front edge of or standing all by themselves? I mean, don't be a marketer here, right? <laughs> is this, are these going to be trend, supplement trends in the market or are these completely novel things that you're talking about? That's, uh, difficult or, or, to answer at this point. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, it seems like everything's a, a knockoff of a knockoff and, you know, the copycat thing, which, um, we're definitely trying to to get away from, but you know, every, everybody has to have a whey protein, and uh, it's not even so much the you know different types of of whey, you know, whether it's a concentrated isolate, hydrolysate, whatever. Um, is is the flavoring? Everybody's concerned about the flavoring and the the mixability more than anything else. So the, the for the most part, the, those are all knockoffs. But um, we're, we're definitely going in uh, novel directions. And I think you you will see some changes to the industry, um, some positive, um, some very negative. But uh, that, that's that's how the industry goes. And, and given the the people that we have behind the product now, and or the the supplement line now, and the you know the, the names and the reputations, uh, we don't really have a choice but to produce uh, novel quality stuff like it, we. We can't afford to do it. Otherwise, the, the people behind it have their reputations tarnished, and then you know it's it's game over for everybody. So I right. think that's uh, that's definitely one area that uh, we we stand out in. And well, it, it, no, if if you go ahead, give us a few more months, and and uh, you'll you'll definitely see where we're going. Okay. So it, it's uh, remember the name Salvation, and definitely pick up some extent. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the marketing part, but uh, you know, uh, okay, stay stay on the lookout. So when you look across some of the different um, booths, uh, I mean, what are the trends? D- does it continue to be sort of um, herbal, hormonal, or like you know, metabolite type things like you know, creatine or or food like whey and specialty fats and things like that. What kind of categories are you seeing as you look around? Not necessarily just at your booth, but you know, at the different booths. 
I, you know, I don't know if it's just because I'm jaded or, or what, but it, it it all seems pretty standard. Like everybody's got their their special type of creatine. Everybody's got their protein bar and protein powder. There's, you know, there there seems to be very little evolution in that regard. Um, oh, packaging is new. <laughs> okay, which is truly wonderful. But um, yeah, it, it the. This industry is really lacking in uh, innovation, and um, so I'm. I, I think you'll you'll know that my my reputation well before I was with Salvation was um, one of a MythBuster and, and and you know just doing breakdown literature reviews of, of products, uh, pulling no punches. So that that hasn't changed uh, from from my perspective anyway. And yeah. uh, with, with that in mind, I'm that. That's where I'm coming to you from. There's, there's just no innovation uh, other than the, the packaging and, and the marketing, and it's um, it, it's disappointing. I guess is the way to put it. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know listeners are, are thinking, well, you know, there's not an innovation every year, and there's not. And I think that's one of the problems with the industry is every time a new book comes out. It's the new rules of something or the revolution or something like that. And then every time a product comes out, it's this changes everything and it numbs people to the truth. You know, then when a real innovation comes out, nobody really knows for sure that it's good for probably a year and a half or two years when the market actually settles down at a fairly high level, you know, because there's always initial hype and there's always spin doctors coming up with, you know, why this is the best thing since sliced bread. But you know, you don't know if you've got another creatine, which frankly is not going to come along every year or even every five years, people. Um, you know, but you don't really know you got something good oftentimes until you sort of let the market settle and see who starts copying it or, you know, um, you know, do sales continue to be strong after an initial period or something. And I like that. I, I think uh, this might be a verbatim quote from you uh, from many years back. There is no next creatine. <laughs> right. No, yeah. That was a fluke. It, it unfortunately launched the, uh, the entire industry. And I say unfortunately because it's just, it, it's so incredible and the results are so dramatic and, and easily observable. Uh, probably not going to happen ever again. <laughs> right. And non-toxic. I mean, it has the efficacy and the safety thing. And frankly, I think because you get a lot of people in the industry, they're sort of two-bit pseudoscientists. They'll, you know, they try to rationalize stuff that, you know, how good it is or this or that. But stuff like creatine is almost stumbled upon. Although, I mean, it did come out of some good labs, you know, Roger Harris and some of those, you know, people that were did some of that. And Paul Greenhoff and those guys that did that early work. But... At the same time, yeah. It, uh, anyway, I just try to keep my finger on the pulse of things, you know, see how, if things are more herbal or if they're sort of staple food-based stuff or if, if people are daring to go hormonal, any, you know, kind of pre-steroidal things or pre-hormonal things, you know, like they've tried in the past to loophole. And it's just kind of fun to see where things are heading. But you're right. It's probably also sort of disappointing to see when everything feels stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as far as new stuff, I, I think the um – uh, deaspartic acid is, is probably the newest thing that everybody's jumping on. Um, and the, the 1,3-dimethyl is um, very surprising to me from a, a stimulant perspective. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, hey. Deaspartic acid before? Well, go ahead. Why don't you just explain it a little bit? Uh, basically, it's um, 
an amino acid um, that has been shown to increase testosterone levels in humans, which uh, which is always a good thing. So um, people are jumping on, you know, three to six grams a day. The research used uh, a little over three grams a day. And uh, what, what was interesting, it also increased growth hormone and, and luteinizing hormone. And um, it, it wasn't just a, a direct testosterone boost. It, it seemed to affect, um, you know, pre, pretty much everything all, all down the line. So um, definitely some potential there. And it, it's relatively uh, inexpensive, which is, uh, which is always good. Yeah, that is always good because I've, I've seen some products come to market that were they were probably quite good. But if the price point isn't feasible, they'll underdose it, you know, because they can't be selling stuff for $180 a bottle, you know. So if, if the ingredients aren't relatively affordable, I think a lot of listeners might be surprised that a lot of things, they're not dosed on the bottle based on efficacy. They're dosed based on price point. Like how much can we put in this and sell a $48 bottle, you know what I mean, or a $35 bottle. And it's it's not about just efficacy, and, you know, so – Hey, let me change gears a bit then. Uh, Phil, are, is there any kind of uh, after-hours parties or anything like that that you guys are, are going to or, or have gone to or anything? I'm sure there are, but I'd have to kill you if I told you about them. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I'll probably get together with a bunch of friends, and I'll get together with the strongman guys and this and that. Um, you know, last year I went to a couple. There's This is the night that everybody gets together. Um, yeah, because Friday night they don't do much. Everybody's got to get up again in the morning and and go do their deals. Um, and tonight's the night that they'll they'll pick the winner, and then they have a big press conference at like 11 p.m. The crowning and all that stuff. So it'll be a late night tonight. Um, I'm gonna try and get Dave and take him out to dinner or something, you know, and so we can get caught up. That's if I can cool. get a couple drinks in, it could get interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. No, I mean, back to your what you guys were talking about, I think the two things I've noticed that in the industry from booth to booth, there's a lot of people trying to pull the natural thing more than ever, more than I've seen, and uh, and pushing the women's market. People seem to be coming out with a women's line um, more than ever. I've seen a lot of booths pulling both of those. Maybe the women's thing is sort of untapped. You know, cause I'm sure m- most bodybuilding and fitness supplement users are men. You know, I mean, like I, I even look at the demographics of our podcast and it's mostly men, you know, at least when I, whenever I can get that info. And that's not that surprising, I think. But and you know what? Let me say this to, to listeners, because if that's the case with all, a lot of people saying natural this and that. Ask yourself this next time you hear natural and, you know, they're assuming that that's better somehow. Would you eat a poison ivy salad? <laughs> because that's natural. You know, little little Caesar dressing on there. You're going to eat that. No, you're not. So natural does not automatically mean good. It just has wholesome connotations. And it became such a problem that a few years ago, the FDA had to issue a press warning telling people that natural does not automatically equal good and synthetic does not automatically equal bad. So if you do see a lot of that natural stuff, you know, meaning what? That's one of the things I've always loved about you is, you know, you're all, you're, all, you're into good natural food and whatnot, but you're also the type of guy that's like, not everything new is bad. You know, innovation is good. <laughs> you know, some of it's going right, to be real yeah. good for it. So. Right. 
you know, you just got to hope that the science catches up with what the, you know, some of the, the strength athletes are sort of guinea, guinea pigging. And there's, there's often a lag period there. I mean, unless something comes straight out of a lab, sort of the way creatine did, or maybe out of a clinical setting where it's used medically for one reason and bodybuilders are like, hey, that could help me, you know. But more often than not, bodybuilders are just, you know, trying all this new stuff and then science has to run to catch up a little bit. But, you know. Well, I think that's probably it, man. That's Yeah, that's, I think we're out of time, guys. So I'm glad that Dave was able to be on the show. Yeah, summarize the entire conversation in, in uh, one line. And uh, this is a direct quote from uh, Dr. Lonnie Lowry, um, RD. Pork rinds have eight grams of protein. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, if, if, if that excites you, then the current state of the supplement industry is all for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for reporting. And, you know, I, I don't know if maybe we'll even, if Phil, if you get some pictures or something, we'll put them up on the website or something. Yeah, I've taken uh, some pictures of stuff. So, yeah, we can do that. You know, or link it to your blog or somehow, you know, let people see some of the pictures and stuff to go with the audio because just if describing. If they over to my Facebook page, they can see it. So, Okay, cool. All right, man. Well, you guys don't um, don't drink too hard tonight. No, uh, we won't. I'll try. I'll try, man. Thanks so much for everything. All right, take care, guys. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like Iron Radio, if you like what we do, uh, the education, interviewing uh, industry personalities, or many of the pro bodybuilders or coaches that we've had in the past, uh, please just click on the donate button at www.ironradio.org and make a donation. We've had some great donations from people that have kept us going. Thank you so much. Uh, so please visit uh, the website. Click on the donation button, or if you like, uh, and it's a similar situation, buy some Iron Radio cool stuff. We've got T-shirts and mugs and things like that, and those things help support the site and keep us on the air. For the best sports nutrition information on the planet, make plans to attend the 8th Annual ISSN Conference and Expo, June 23rd to 25th, 2011, at the Westin Las Vegas Hotel, Casino, and Spa. We'll have the latest on creatine, beta-alanine, protein, nutrient timing, and much, much more. So for more information, go to www.theissn.org. That's theissn.org. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.